Hello and welcome back to Play I Predict. It's the GA uh, show. It's the last one of the year and we've dragged the two lads back again. That, of course, is Sean O'Sullivan and Paul Flaherty. Welcome, guys. Uh, before we get into it, a big shout out again to our sponsors at copystore.ie. Um, thanks again for sponsoring the overall football prize as well, which we'll announce in it the winner a little bit later on and don't forget as well if you are topping up in your coffee and your bits and pieces the on the coffee store.e there is a five percent discount if you just put input the uh, the code play i predict at the checkout that will get you your discount there so that's all the the p's and q's put to one side lads there's not really a lot of other places to start the show really but looking back on the the final from the weekend gone by dublin have created history um six in a row um it was a conversation for many a year. I, think, I remember even conversations back to my parents as well when Offaly stopped Kerry going for five. That was huge news. News We talked about that for decades to come. I suggest we'll be talking about this team uh, for decades to come as well. Um, six titles is remarkable, really. And the scary thing is, for without going too much down a rabbit hole, is you cannot see where they're going to ease off. It's a new manager. They've blooded a lot of new, a lot of new players, and they're still... Uh, just waltzing out and doing so, I suggest even at times you look. It looks like there's a, they're doing it with almost with the handbrake on. They look like they have a lot more in the in their tank. Really, they could. You feel like if they wanted, to, they could open up a bit more if they needed to. That's the scary thing for me personally. But there's going to be a lot of conversation. You know, talk to death really for the year is going to be. I know, although it is December, still a lot of year to be talking about the the football before we come back to the earlier start next year. But justly as a as a start-off point, this Dublin team—I'll go to the Kerryman in this, and this isn't a dig, but just to get your to sometimes get the the view from the opposition. Will say it has to go down as one of the greatest. It's six, six in a row is just a, a remarkable achievement, Sean, isn't it? Incredible, yeah, incredible, Jonathan. Um, yeah, look, if if it's you know they, they are the best, there's there's no doubt about it. Uh, six in a row that that says it all. Um, never been done before. Um, you know, you've got some guys the other night that uh, collected their will collect their eighth All Ireland medal. I mean, down here in Kerry, we would have heard about the legends growing up that had eight All Ireland medals, and and down here they were like gods and still are like gods. Um, still very much revered and, and, and great footballers and great men uh, to wear the green and gold. Now, for young Dublin people growing up. Uh, the likes of the James McCarthy's and these fellas, they have eight All Ireland medals. You know that's that's an incredible achievement. And you know, I suppose we can go into to detail another time, or it can be talked about to death about you know the, the finances and the cards that are stacked in Dublin's favour in terms of population and everything like that, Jonathan. But at the end of the day. Uh, to win eight All-Ireland medals, to win six All-Irelands in a row takes a massive amount of commitment, dedication, uh, working at your game, self-sacrifice, uh, talent. Um, it, it, it takes all that. Yes, of course, you can talk about the outside factors that help you get there, but it has to come from within. Uh, it has to come from being well-coached, uh, listening to coaches from a very young age and just just really trying to get the best out of yourself every day you go up in the field and the Dublin players have done that um, and they have to be commended for that. They are the best football team in terms of winning All-Irelands um, that I have seen. Um, but, you know, for the rest of us, uh, the Kerrys, the Galways, the Mayos, the Tyrones, you know, we can't 
just uh, lie down and, and applaud them. Uh, we have to start building and start looking to the future and see how can we get there and how can we turn them over. There was times on Saturday evening where you whispered quietly as a neutral, my God, could Mayo actually do this? They had, you know, they had Dublin possibly in a position where they could have done it. Um, but again, we saw a bit of sloppiness from Mayo in the second half, particularly. I was disappointed with their second half performance. I thought they, you know, there was no intent. It lacked, it lacked the, the gusto and the drive we saw in the first half from them. Um, and I think Dublin sensed that in a way. And in fairness, you know, to Desi Farrell, he introduced guys off the bench who, who saw Dublin over the line. And in the end, they really coasted the victory. They, they weren't under any serious pressure, which was a pity after what we saw from Mayo in the first half. You know, Mayo responded well to both goals in the first half. You know, I mean, to concede a goal after 13 seconds, everyone thought, oh my God, here we go again. But, you know, they reacted very well. You have to take your head off to them. They, they stuck at it. And even when they conceded the second goal, you know, they stuck at it and they kept themselves in the game. But just never came out in the second half with that little bit of drive to, to push on and to believe, really, that they could turn Dublin over. And if Dublin sensed that in you, you know, they, they just turned the screw and they, and they got over the line. And, and we're, we're here today talking about immortality, really, six in a row. And who knows, you know, it could go to six, or to seven, to eight. We don't know. We hope not. But uh, at the moment... There's no uh, reason why Dublin can't go in and add to those six All-Irelands that they've done already. And just to bring you on on that, Paul, as well, before we get stuck into the game, because I do think it is important to, no matter what your opinion is, and I repeat at the start, if you want to go down the rabbit hole that, you know, Sean uh, just, just skimmed over there about the finances, et cetera, et cetera, all the, say, the advantages that they have. But you have to strip it back. We are watching greatness. This is this team that we will talk about for generations to come. I think you, sometimes you have to appreciate how lucky we are in, in a way to be able to, it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't feel like it, but you, I think you have to acknowledge the sporting greatness that we're watching unfold. It's almost like the, if you want to compare it to, to football or something like that, you know, Ronaldo and Messi, who's the two, who's the best? Sometimes you, you hear the argument, you know, to take, a, take a step back and realise you're lucky to see them. But it feels like there's that there as well. And I saw a quote with Desi Farrell after the game where, he, I'm paraphrasing, but he, he touched on how he's sometimes surprised with just the mentality of the players, how they're able to keep on going and keep that drive, that drive going. But it is, it has to be, I think you have to, there's definitely an argument to be made with the other situation. But I think it's important, firstly, that we don't just gloss over this and, and appreciate just how good they are. And that, that pains a lot of people, but that's, that's the truth really, Paul, isn't it? Yeah, um, they're, they're absolutely uh, exceptional. And just kind of go back to your point there about greatness. Um, you think about the Kilkenny's there, or Kilkenny, like uh, with Cody there, uh, let's say last decade, and like they were just phenomenal there, the way they just performed and they blow teams out of the water. And this is the exact same thing again that we're seeing um, circumstance so like obviously me come from a hurling background Kilkenny was just unbelievable watching all the, the things here it's a bit more when's it going to stop uh, because it's kind of frightening um, how good Dublin are and you, you got to take your hat off to them like they, they just seem to their fitness levels and just they keep running and they don't they don't um, if a game let's say there's 15 minutes to go there's 10 minutes to go and they're even beating let's say a leash or uh, 
Westmead or whoever, they'll still put on the points and they won't, let's say, slack off performance-wise or anything like that. That really shows like the, their, you know, the character and the drive and what they've been taught, you know, uh, in the background team or whatever. Like, you know, they're doing a really, really good job. So um, you just got to put your hat off to this Dublin team. They're they're just unbelievable. And, um, you know, like I'm looking ahead there now and the schedule came out for 2021 there in the last kind of hour or so and you know there's the final looks to be in june or july and that doesn't give a lot of other inter-county teams a lot of time to saw or to kind of test this dublin uh just seven in a row bit they're going to find it very hard again so um you just gotta yeah uh, dublin they've been fantastic and they've blooded a lot of new players there in and with desi farrell it brings something new um as well to keep it fresh so uh yeah they're just it's an unbelievable team Okay, yeah, no, I think I think it was just important that we did touch on that because sometimes that gets lost in the in the conversation. Uh, I think, but look, let's let's l- have a quick look into the game then as well. And another thing that I just want to acknowledge is a point that I raised uh, last week in terms of potential weakness from the Mayo uh, goalkeeping and the the Mayo goal kicks, goal kicks, um, kickouts. Even if I get my words out, but we uh, we even ran a poll and we're seventy one percent of of our followers on Twitter w- would have made the choice to go with, with David Clark. Um, that was the debate. We're going back to the Rodford 16 replay where he changed his goalkeeper and look, we all know how that went as well. We thought that the, the, the conception really come into the game was that Mayo might struggle against Dublin. In, in fact, in reality, the strange thing was that it was almost the other way around. Mayo were absolutely excellent um, against the Dublin kickout, and I think there's a stat doing the rounds where Cluxon had to go long five times in the first half, and they lost all five kickouts. Almost unrecognisable, and it was akin really to how much Mayo got right in the first half. But they they did they like obviously the the goal they conceded right from the throw, and where O'Shea is beaten out of by McCarthy, and he bombs through. And I'm convinced that Dublin have that. So let's spread this open here coming through. We saw the replay goal uh, against Kerry in the, in the second half last year as well. It's definitely, a, I think, a, pre, a pre-designed plan that they have. The disastrous start yet again for Mayo in an All-Ireland final. We've seen them against Kerry before. We've seen them against Donegal. It's, I don't know what it is. There seems to be a little bit of sluggishness or, or whatever, but it's, it can't just be happening all the time. But despite that, as you touched on it, Sean, they played very well in that first half. They did, yeah. We spoke coming into the game about what needed to go right for Mayo and one of those things was their own kick-out. And I have to say, they, they, they were excellent. You know, Clark, had, there was a lot of pressure on his shoulders coming into Absolutely. the game. But he, in fairness to him, you know, he, he stood up. Um, the guys outside him stood up. There were options uh, on both on his long kick-out and his short ones. They were very good. And not only that, as you quite rightly said, they put pressure on Cluxton and they forced Cluxton into a few difficult ones and he had to go along and they were winning those as well, whether, whether it be by from, from primary possession or breaking ball. So that was definitely one thing they got right. Um, the goal, the early goal was, it was a, a bad score to concede. I mean, look, it's straight from throwing. And as you said, it, it, that is a preconceived move that Dublin have where if they win the ball from the throw and they're going straight down your throat and James McCarthy came straight down the middle could he have been gotten to? Could Mayo have given up a free? Um, possibly, maybe not. Maybe the, the maybe the move had, had just happened so quickly that they didn't have time to react. But it was a desperate start to the game. Now they quickly got themselves into their stride, and they were three points. They had three points up on the board. In fact, the score after two and a half minutes was a goal to 
to three points. So yeah. they wrote that one off straight away. But again, it was a bad score. It's, the, it's the long term. The second goal for me. Yeah. Well, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it's just a it's a killer for it can be a, it really hit you for morale. But look, they they kept the heads up. It was the second goal for me that really underlined. Um, you know, Mayo had put such hard work into that that first half, and they were in a great position. They were they really had Dublin under serious pressure. Um, they had the mark, the mark. Uh, even though we don't like it, Killian O'Connor was t- m- making hay with the mark inside, and then they concede that goal from Conor Callahan. And I know it was a well worked goal. You know, Bogler came in, he used his strength, he slipped it across to O'Callaghan, who got the punch and it went under David Clark's legs. But again, I just felt it was a goal that. Mayo will be disappointed when they look back, they conceded it. After all their hard work, all of a sudden they had another goal conceded and they had to start again. And if you keep giving Dublin those opportunities to, to just keep themselves in the game, it, it boosts their morale and it chips away at yours. And as much as Mayo tried and tried to repair the damage, particularly with that second goal, they could never really get it back. And, uh, you know, the second half just turned into a... Again, you know, I just felt me over, we're always kind of swimming against the tide and you just expected Dublin really to push on and, and get over the line, which they did. Yeah, and just on that, Paul, now as well, and this, I have to say, I think I put it on the WhatsApp group at the time, but there was two little things that obviously the, a game is full of instance and it's sometimes unfair to pick, you know, ones out because there's so many things that happen out and there's so many factors that if you go through it with a fine comb. But in my head, from watching it first time, there was two things that stuck into my head at the time. I remember going... Uh oh, here Mayor in trouble here. First one, they were both just before half time or coming up to coming up to the half time whistle. The first one, um, Mayo had a free, maybe about 30, 40 yards out over on the far side in front in, in front of the Cusack. And they went to take it short. Dublin intercepted. Our it. Loftus, yeah. Yeah, Our and Loftus, it, yeah. it came down da- it came down then where Kenny got the ball in the corner and he came out and hit it. He's actually first point against Mayo in the championship, I think there was a stat was coming out. But a beautiful score where he's down in the corner, he comes inside and he does that little drop kick with the inside of the right and spins it over and you go, Wow. And then there's the other one was just a couple of minutes after that then as well. O'Shea is bullying down in goal. He probably had an opportunity to kick it over. He felt like it it to me, just looking at a first glance, it felt like it felt like, you know, we can go a bit more here, we can get the juggler go for goal. He's probably fouled to be fair, or definitely comes into serious contact, overruns the ball and out it comes. Now Dublin don't end up scoring for them. But those two little things just before half time, for me, just felt like there's so much work being done here, but those few things are just going to come back and be that little killer. It just felt to me, I'm not sure, did you think something similar, Paul? Or Yeah, definitely. The, like the, I don't know, who, I think it might have been Jim or the Connor or someone won that free um, on the far 65 and then Connor Loftus tried to put, uh, put it into the middle and someone came in to in, intercept it. Like, and that was just, a, like it's just before half time, it's 2-5 to 10 points. If Mayo make an opportunity out of that it's 2-5 to 11 at the draw game at half time then obviously they go up Kieran Kilkenny is he, he started off I think it was Oshi Mullen was on him and then someone else came in to try and double team him and then he comes around and just like that he just a bit a little speed of pace and he just it looked like it was going wide and it curled in just about and that made it 2-6 to 10 points then for um, for half time so like and the, the other one then about O'Shea like you know it's just it's just pity he didn't uh, hold on to it or you know make something out of it but uh, I thought Kieran Kilkenny uh, like some of, some of the points he came up with there was just like he just 
he just seems to sense whenever there's um, half a chance on, he'll make full use of it, just a, a quick little step, like Conor Callan as well, just uh, just quick feet, and they just pop it over then, and they're really, really killer. Um, yeah, so they were they were kind of the. I forget what point you're on about there, actually. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, thing, the, the thing about Kilkenny is he had missed a couple before that. He had actually, yeah. I think, and he two bad enough he two he dragged, yeah. dragged one to yeah. the left, one side, yes. you're thinking, like, ooh. Yeah. And I think even yeah. the commentators at the time in RT were saying, oh, he hasn't scored against Mayo in the yes. championship level. Yeah. And then he comes yeah. down and pulls that one out of, out of the bag. it just shows you the supreme confidence that he has. He, he, he blocked those out, and uh, the next ball he was getting, he was taking it on again. If the option was there, he was taking it on, and he, and he killed it. And as he said, it came from that ball given away by Conor Loftus. But that's... That's another point we made on last week's podcast, lads. Mayo needed to take every possible chance they got. And, and I know that sounds, that sounds very, very, um, you, you know, it's, 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 it's nearly impossible to take every chance in a game. But because it's this Dublin team who we're talking about, you have to. I mean, Tommy Conroy, you know, I know this is first solid in final and I don't want to be too hard on the young lad. You know, he, he had a poor day at the office, you know, when, when Mayo needed him. He, um, he pulled one wide in the first step. I don't even think it went wide. I think it dropped into Cluxton's hands. You know, he took on some bad options. Second half, you know, they brought on the likes of Cohen who dropped balls into Cluxton's hands. That's the difference, lads. That is the difference right there. You needed, Mayo needed every single opportunity. Aidan O'Shea at that time, even if he said if he had got a free out of it himself, but got nothing out of it in the end. Mayo needed all those chances. Everything needed to go over for them, and uh, they didn't. And and if you don't do that against Dublin, they'll sniff you out, they'll keep plugging away, and they'll eventually wear you down and beat you. A, yeah. a small positive then, kind of just going on your point there, Sean, like a small positive that I kind of wrote down was like, Oshie Mullen, it was his first uh, All-Ireland final, and he, I thought he got actually the, the score straight after the first goal um, in the match. And Ryan O'Donnell, who then, I know he might have had a few wides, but he actually uh, got a one or two frees and he kicked a, a lovely point there in the first half from the outside of his boot. So yep. a positive kind of on the Mayo thing, that four, I think, I know Tommy Conroy may not have a, a good day, but they had four new kind of first-timers for an All-Ireland final. So if Mayo get there next year, they're in around like John, you know, they'll have a small oh, yeah experience there and Absolutely. like Darren Cohen did come on and he got a point actually well they, they didn't get they got it was 2-8 to 14 and I think Darren Cohen got it was, that was 20 minutes to go and then Darren Cohen didn't got the, la, the their last score in the 63rd minute they only got one score in the last 20 minutes I was going to say is that sorry to put it Paul is, was that did I read a stat that was the only point from play in the second half is that correct for Mayo uh, I have to check that. I heard that. I heard that stuff. Really, doing their I, own I, I yeah. think you're right. It yeah. was all. It was. Yeah. It was freeze. Otherwise, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, just goes to show, really, that like even I know Cohen got slashed out of it, and he, you know, people. But to be fair to him, he didn't really have a lot of options. Mayo were tiring at that stage. You know, yeah. he didn't have runners on the shoulder. Yes, he was a little bit naive, and there's the you know you're coming on, you're trying to make an impression, but. To be fair to him either, the, the, the flip side is he, he didn't have a lot of options. Mayo were struggling to get no, he didn't. players forward. Yeah. And Paul makes a great point. Look, Mayo have to build on these young fellas now. And, mm. and okay, they lost the All-Ireland final. James Horne will look back at this and say, I blooded Mullen, I blooded McLaughlin, I blooded um, Tommy Conroy, I blooded mm. O'Donoghue. James Carr seems to be a fella with a good future ahead of him. That's the future. That's the future. You've got to build on these guys now and hopefully you'll get back to the same stage next year and, and they'll be that year older, year wiser. Um, so the other thing then really, I have to say, from the, the key moment for me really, 
um, it happened, the incident it's, itself happened just before half time. It is, of course, the McDade black card. I have to say, I thought it was a nonsense decision myself. But here we are. I know there was another. They probably got the one, one each each side in, in the, the shoulder on Keegan. Then I think it was Fitzsimons that smashed him down the chest um, in the second half. Then the two of them probably balanced each other out. I thought they were both uh, wrong, wrong calls. But the black card in particular, it's not just the black card that, that, that happens Again, I repeat, I personally thought it was quite harsh. I'm not sure what McDade is, is supposed to do in that in that scenario. It's one of those classic crossing moments. But the key for me really isn't wasn't not 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 really whether that was a black card or not. It was the resultant of it. Like Mayo coming in at halftime knew that they had an extra man for ten minutes. You'd think that would be a huge advantage that they would try and push on, maybe try and do what Dublin did initially and, and you know work work a set move with, with an extra player. But it felt like to me that they didn't really make the most benefit of that. In fact, if if anything, I know Mayo went in a little flush just before the end of it. But for large periods of that 10-minute period, Dublin looked the dominant team. It looked like, if you didn't know, you thought that Dublin had the extra player. That That's another, I know we're talking about small things again, but I, I think ultimately this one in particular, not making advantage of, of the extra player is probably the most... You're James Horn and you're the Mayo management and, and the players. That's probably the most disappointing thing that you'd probably take out of the whole game. Obviously, the result aside, but the fact that they didn't really push on with that. To me, you, 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 are you, or do you think that you have to go a bit cautious against the dubs for fear of what they might cut you open, or do you think? I know you were saying there that there that was the kind of defining moment. I think the two goals as well. They were like. You know, let's say Mayo got 10 scores in the first half. Dublin only got eight. Now, as good as they are, like, you know, they got eight. Like, Mayo actually won the scores there. And then you look at the final score, 15 points or 15 scores to 16 scores. There's only one score in it, like, you know. I know they won by five points, but, like, um, you know, uh, I think, was it a black card? Very harsh, very harsh um, from the ref there. Uh, it's... It, I don't know what he was supposed to do, as you said there, Johnny. It was, it was kind of, but it, it was a black card anyway. The referee, whatever, he made the decision anyways. And you're looking in at halftime, it's two, six to 10. Maybe it got into the heads of me all that like, oh, they're a man down. We have to really, maybe they had, they were trying too hard, you know, that kind of way or something, but it, it just didn't happen for them in the first the second half was really a disaster for me all. Like, you know, they only got, I think, as you said, one point for play. The rest were from freeze. Um, they didn't capitalize in that 10 minutes from the 35th minute to the 45th minute. Uh, I know on the 50th minute, it was a draw game, 2-8 to 14 points. So they just kind of missed that period to really uh, drive it home. I don't know, did they, did they keep a man back or did they press up in the 35th to the 45th minute? I, I didn't really see, did they fully press up? But, um, yeah, it was, it, they really, as Sean said earlier on, you have to take all the opportunities that you get and they didn't take it with the black card um, in them 10 minutes anyway. Yeah, on that, Sean, like you, you'd feel like if the if the cards were turned, if that was Dublin coming out with an extra player for 10 minutes, that they'd have really killed the game completely. Um, are we reading yeah. too much? Are we reading too much into this? No, I, I, I don't think Mayo. I don't think Mayo went for it. I, I don't think they, they veered away from their game plan. I didn't see anything in that ten minutes to suggest that Mayo were going after Dublin's fourteen men. I, I think they just they played it safe. They played it safe. They didn't look to push on at all. There was they just stuck to what they were doing in the first half because I suppose from their point of view it was working to a certain extent. 
But I mean, you know, they, they, they will probably look back and regret that they didn't maybe try something. To beat Dublin, you're going, you have to come with something different. Again, this is what we were saying coming into the final. You have to take every opportunity. Mayo had an opportunity for 10 minutes where they had an extra man. What did they do with it? Practically nothing. Dublin, they did, Dublin didn't look one bit phased by it. They continued on playing as normal, which they were going to do anyway because they backed themselves all the time. They never panicked. Mayo needed to instill a bit of panic into Dublin. They needed to try something to instill a bit of panic into them, get them thinking. Jesus, you know, even if they had got a goal in that 10 minutes, they could have put Dublin thinking. Um, but they just continued on playing as per normal because they were still in the game. Um, you know, maybe if they had been five or six points down when McDade got a black card, they, they might have gone for the jugular. But James Horn would have said, look, we're well in this as a contest. Let's keep doing what we're doing. Uh, we won't change it that much. But maybe looking back, you know, they, 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 they should have maybe gone for something different in that 10 minutes. But, you know, by the time McDade came back on, Dublin were still in the ascendancy. And as you said, you know, if you, from the outside looking in, it didn't look like Mayo had the advantage of an extra man at all. And just on that, Sean, then as well, it felt like to me, like I'm, you know, it's, I repeat, it's very easy to watch it from the comfort of your, of your armchair, you know, sat back with your feet up with a couple beside you and being, being an absolute expert. But it felt like during that period, it would have been the time to maybe get O'Shea closer to goal, get someone else, McClure, try and, you know, work a goal chance, just to try and spice it up a bit, just to try something different. Because it felt like it was just, the, ga- the course of the game, to me, from watching it, now, obviously, if you're there, you might see it a little bit more. There might have been variations where they, where they did push forward or, or make alterations. But it, it felt like, you know, you, you, you flip the dice a bit. You, you, you go, you try and work a couple of goals. Because I'm struggling to think back now of many goal opportunities that Mayo created in the game. You know, I know you see Limerick and the Hurling come on through and being the masters of winning games without goals. But in a game where you've conceded two, you've conceded one straight away. It felt, it felt like that, that was a time just to roll it a bit, try something a bit different, try and get an overload inside with the extra player and try and make advantage of it. Am I, am I, again, am I being too, too critical w- w- with that in terms of that viewpoint? Yeah, well, look, it, it can be difficult depending on how the game is panning out. But, I mean, how, first of all, I think Aidan O'Shea played way too deep for too long. I, I, I think he was out around the middle of the field where he wasn't really needed. I, I thought they were coping okay outside around the middle of the field. Rowan and Loftus... Bear Loftus' is, um, you know, giveaway pass that we've spoken about. I thought he had a decent game. Yeah, he did a good game. Yeah, I quite like. I, yeah, I think I, I think he's I think he's he's definitely one for the future for Mayo and Rowan himself and Rowan seem to have a good partnership going there. There was no need for Aidan O'Shea. How many times did we see Aidan O'Shea in a one-on-one position inside the edge of the square? There was one particular moment in the second half where I sh- I was shouting at the TV screen. I don't know who had the ball. You you could see it plain as day. He was one-on-one inside with Johnny Get it Cooper. In. Get it they in. put the ball in. Cooper could, Cooper, Cooper could not handle him. O'Shea won mm. it and Cooper pulled him down. There was talks maybe of a black card. He had him by the arm. There was no way Johnny Cooper was going to deal with Aidan O'Shea one-on-one under a high ball. So that should have been an opportunity. If I, as, as a guy on a sideline, if I saw that happening once, I could say, well, how do we make that happen again? Everything, it was perfect. The ball was kicked from the right angle. It was, it was the right direction, it was floated, it was a diagonal ball, and it was perfectly in on top of O'Shea where he could literally use his frame and his body to shield off Cooper, who was not going to be able to compete with him, and he had no choice but to pull him down. Leave, 
go again. Was Cooper going to be left on O'Shea? Maybe he was going to do it again. He'd, get, he'd see another red card in the All Ireland final. They did. They didn't. O'Shea was finding himself drifting out the field, linking play where there was no need for him. He should have been in around the the house where he could have made a nuisance of himself and been a real focal point to the Mayo attack. It wasn't happening for Tommy Conroy, so the, it's not like he was going to be taking up space for him. They needed to come again with something different, and they didn't. They just told O'Shea drift out, whether he was doing that under instruction or himself, I'm not sure. But it, it, it just wasn't causing Dublin any problems. I'm sure Johnny Cooper was absolutely delighted to see O'Shea out around the middle of the field. So, again, I don't think Mayo played that card a lot when they should have. You know, it's, it's direct football. But again, it could have troubled Dublin, but we'll never know because Mayo didn't, didn't stick to it. They did it once or twice, but not, not, uh, not consistently enough to cause Dublin problems. And then, Paul, the, for me, if you want to go down to game changers or moments, it's the introduction of Howard and Mannion then as well that were the, the finishers, I think people call them now. It's what the cool kids call it, substitutes at the moment. But the difference that though, both of those made was just when Mayo were tiring as well. See these fresh quality players coming on that's again it's another disheartening moment but you felt like it was just invalid you know you felt like you knew exactly what was this game is going only one way here right now we see those yeah. being introduced um, I, I, I actually were done my notes there the two players uh, Brian Howard and Paul Manny being so inspirational coming on um, it was uh, it was 17-14 uh, in scores let's say and it was it was around the 60 I think it was the 60th or the 61st minute Dave Clark was given Aidan O'Ball or Aidan O'Shea a ball someone came in and tapped it and they uh, I don't know who won a free then but Paul Mannion from the real corner with his left foot curled it in 18-14 uh, David Clark next kick out yet to go long and then De- uh, Howard collected in the middle of the field like, you know just they're the kind of moments when you're talking they're like they really changed the game and there's two subs that re- that did that you know they're very very inspirational and let's say I know Darren Cohen came on let's say and got a point but the the, the, the the strength and depth of the the Dublin team, the whole panel, the the whole backroom staff there is it's just unbelievable. And uh, yeah, they were definitely Howard and Mannion. Yeah, I think the commentator even said like Brian, Brian Howard's only been on for half an hour, but he could be man of the match or or something like that. Like you know, he was so he was so influential in the game. So like yeah, he, can, when he, can he do kicked that. he kicked a great point himself as well, didn't he? Do you remember yeah. the one he was it cut across? The yeah, yeah it was outside the right, the just kind of again, again, just you know. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe it's just a perception we have now of of Mayo and Dublin when we're comparing both sides. But the Dublin subs come onto the field and they look like they're coming on as if they're going to boss the place. Mannion comes on there, he takes control. Howard comes on, takes control. They feel like they fit in and they're there. The Mayo for the Mayo players came on and you know you got no impact. I know Cohen kicked a score, but there was no. There was no game changer. You, you, you saw Mayo subs coming onto the field and you never thought there was a game changer in any of them. Um, that'll come. That'll come from playing in All-Ireland Finals. It'll come from experience. Dublin have it. Dublin have, I mean, that was their, you know, that they won six in a row and, and the most of those guys have been involved in, in a lot of those. So that comes from playing at the highest level all the time. And, and it'll come from Mayo if they stay, you know, if they keep going the way they are. But it's, it's, it's definitely an area, you know, we talk about teams challenging Dublin in the future. It's one area where Dublin are at the moment streets ahead in that they have a ridiculous conveyor belt of talent. Like uh, I'm sure there's going to be a few retirements in the Dublin setup, you know, of guys who 
for instance, you know, again, not not writing their obituaries, but the likes of Kevin McMenamin and Paddy Andrews, these guys who now have eight All-Ireland medals and didn't see any game time really this year, they're probably going to walk into the sunset with their with their record Hall of Medals. Will we miss them? And I mean that in the nicest possible way. You know, you know, they, they, Dublin, Desi Farrell probably has a few of those Dublin under-20s who lost out to Galway in, in, in the, the final on Saturday. He probably has a few of them lined up to come straight in, the likes of Archer and these guys. It's, mm. it's ridiculous. It's, it's a never-ending, at the moment, it seems to be a never-ending conveyor belt of talent. And not only that, but they look like guys who fit in and feel at home in a Dublin senior team. Uh, Bugler, um, Paddy Small, even though Small had a quiet final, I thought he was taken off for Mannion. Um, you know, these guys are just coming into the team and it's like, you know, it's like they've played with Dublin for the last five or six years. And that's the one area where Dublin definitely have over their nearest competitors. Yeah, wouldn't you say there that Paddy Small maybe not had a, had a, an off day, but they, they when they can bring someone else in like that, Paul Mannion, he'd start, Paul Mannion would start on any other inter-county team, like he could be even the captain, you know, he's, so, he's that good, like, you know, it's just uh, where, I don't know, it's going to be awful hard for another team to have that strength and depth. Maybe he lands down in Kerry now with your minors there for the last three years, you would not. You might have, you, you might have a bit of... Uh, lads coming and stuff like that but uh, yeah it's frightening it's kind of frightening the, 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 the thing about it is people are you know people talk about oh you have to be winning minors and you have to be winning under 20 championships and they're great don't get me wrong it's fantastic to get silverware it gets young players used to winning particularly in Croke Park but the, the main thing is is that you're all the time bringing through every season two, three, four quality players who are there to take up the mantle when guys go out the other end of their careers. And at the moment, Dublin have that perfected. They have, they have it just right. When the likes of, when they lost the likes of Connolly, McCaffrey, Brogan, Rory O'Carroll, these guys in the last couple of years, they've just been able to replace them with as good as, if not better quality coming up from their underage structures. And you look at a lot of those Dublin fellas who have come in and won senior all the medals. A lot of them probably don't have minor and under-20 championships. I would say none of them have. But a lot of them now have four, five, six All-Ireland medals, senior All-Ireland medals, and because they were good enough and they were ready to seamlessly come into an inter-county, a senior inter-county setup when they came out of the under-20 grade or under-21 grade as it was at the time. Yeah, we often say that about Curfin and Galway, that while they don't have the best record in terms of winning and underage, they are the best in terms of underage and the fact that everybody's coached to a certain level. They're taught the important things of the game. It's not the def- managers and with short-term goals aren't defined by just trying to get silverware straight away. They look at the bigger picture and, and look at the conveyor belt of talent that they've come through despite not being a heavy hitter in terms of underage um, silverware success. I think they're, they're, look, they're definitely looking at the greater goal and we are seeing little bits of evidence in that game as well. I have one last tangent off the game. And this is more of a general, I suppose, focus of the game. And I'll, I'll, I'll jump you on the, on the spot here, Sean. You're guilty by association. Kerry, they're looking at Mayo, I suppose, fall short again in an All-Ireland final. We're not going to go through all the other previous ones from years gone past. But is there a frustration in the looking that would have been the Kerry side of the draw as, as well, coming through that that should have been us there this year? Maybe we could have the team... That give them, I suppose you can argue. I know Mayo have ran Kerry close a couple of times the last year with the with the replay and stuff, and 
everybody goes on. I know Dan and Kerry that you say that he took 145 steps. I think is the the latest calculation for for the goal in the in the replay then as well. <laughs> Isn't that right? With a bit of tongue in cheek, but is there to me if I was if I was Kerry looking at that, I'm going I'm looking at that game with a huge sense of not wasted opportunity, but frustration that why weren't we there? We were probably good enough to be there to give them a rattle. Or am I being too cynical and short from my mindset here? Um, yeah, look, I suppose we could debate it all day, Jonathan, but the, the, the short story is they, they weren't there. Um, a Kerry-Mayo semi-final would have been a real interesting game, I think, um, because I don't think, you know, you know, a lot of people down here were probably mapping out the season and, and saw maybe Kerry being in a final, but, you know, they would have had to get over a Mayo in a semi-final with the greatest respect to both Cork and, and Galway, you know, who would probably be the main the main um, competitors, although we saw Tip coming through in, in, in Munster, but it, it did look like it was going to be a Kerry-Mayo semi-final, and I think a lot of people were looking forward to that. Um, and whoever came through was more than likely going to face Dublin. No, you know... I, I think it's 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 not a frustrating thing because you have to take every game on its merits. I think it's just from a neutral's point of view, Mayo potential small glimmer of hope on Saturday evening that there was periods of that game where Mayo, if they had just with a little bit more belief and a little bit more quality, could have could have caused an upset. Um, but it didn't happen. And you know, they they'll take they'll take something from that. The rest of the country will take something from will take something from that because we're still talking about Dublin doing six in a row, but a lot of those finals have been very, very tight. And I know they ended up winning by five points the other night and at their ease. But when you take the game as a whole, there was potentially an opportunity to, for it to be a lot closer. Um, so look, we're we're maybe grasping at straws. The other thirty-one counties <laughs> are, are grasping at straws, but we have to grasp to something um, because if we didn't, then what's the point in you know, the Kerry players going and doing their gym session tomorrow or the, the, the Galway players getting out for a run tomorrow, you know, individually getting out for a run tomorrow. They all have they all have one goal in mind, and that is to try and beat Dublin and, and win in All-Ireland. And we have to grasp to something. If we didn't, we'd pack it in. And then, Paul, just to take it, um, my mind is wandering here now, which is always a dangerous thing, as probably you both know by now. But as good as the huge and how much we were cheering them on at the times in terms of, say, the the, the breakthrough moments, and you, you look primarily at, say, the likes of Cavan and, and Tipperary winning their provisional finals, they did give me both, and you couldn't help but be on board unless you were from the opposition county and involved. You couldn't help but be, but be cheering them on and stuff. But I'm thinking back now here as a complete and utter neutral head on ahead of me looking at this. Wouldn't it have been great if we had a situation where we had where we had the heavy hitters in the semi-final as much as and I know this is the Tipperary people and the Cavan people are probably not going to be best pleased but again just as a neutral coming through it wouldn't have been great if we did get to see Dublin versus Donegal Mayo versus Kerry say in in, in the semi-finals and then whoever makes it through it, it felt like to me I don't know maybe maybe I'm just looking at too cynical and the romantic nature of me is well and truly gone and I'm a cynical old fool or whatever. But to me, it feels like a little bit of a messed opportunity because I felt, I would have felt that they would have been unbelievable games and probably the, the ranking would have probably been more matched to each other. Your, your, your thoughts on that? Are, are you happy enough? I know you, you, you were on the, the Kevin bandwagon for, for a while there with your leprechaun or whatnot, but yeah. um, 
you can see the point I'm trying to trying to make here. It would have been, like, say, the feast of football for want of a better word. Yeah. Um, first of all, when your mind goes wandering, I don't want to know what's going on. <laughs> don't worry, Paul. You're, you've, you've got all your clothes on. Don't worry. Uh, uh, I know. Um, yeah, like I know you're saying, like you know, if there was two, the you know, the, the top four, if the potential top four were in, um, you know, uh, for the semi-finals, what an epic like weekend of football that would have been. Um, the reality is, you know, we were kind of lucky to even get games this year. So, and, um, you know, with it's a, it's a new structure. You couldn't predict, you couldn't predict Kevin and you couldn't predict Tipperary, you know, like it's, uh, and you couldn't predict COVID-19 as well, you know, uh, at the start of the year. So I think it, you can say that, but I think, I think it's just glad that we got entertainment for the last 12 or 14 weeks. I don't know how many weeks it was. And like, some of the matches really they made so many people's day, week, month uh, conversations and all the rest of it so I know maybe you're saying that it would have been great to have the last four there but I my thoughts on it is that just it was fantastic to get uh, some of the like not even the cabin and Tipperary, like you know, even Cork beating Kerry now, not digging here now, you know, but like it, 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 was, it was a terrible day and Cork were looking over the line. Look at the face on him there, yeah, as he said, not digging the grimace. <laughs> you know, like like it was, uh, you know, a big high ball into the square, like and your man, the AFL, I got the the tap, but like them games, like they really, you know, that probably lifted Cork, you know, for. The two or three weeks, and you know, Cavan and Tipperary, uh, they should they'll stay talking about that for till till the start of next season. So I think it was just great to get the games, and it was just for the year that's in it. I think it was just um, I'm not sure if they're going back. To, I don't think they're going back to the Super Eights for next year, but um, you know, because there that's when the kind of eight top teams play each other, and they're all like. In the last few seasons, they've been really, really um, tight games, and you you wouldn't know. It's very hard to predict them, but um, yeah, I think we're just glad to get the games this year. Um. Yeah, no, you're talking a lot of sense there. For once, it says I have to give a day back. A Tron digs left, right, and centre. Um, before before we move on, I just want to go back just for the overall winner. And if we have some dramatic music, now would be the time to play it. Um, Sean, I'm not sure you're going to pull the violin out there, out of there or something. Set of drums. Um, but it is, of course, the overall football. Um, I predict uh, competition, and we do have a 25. Your coffee store.e voucher for the winner. So I'm just going to pull the table up on screen here if technology works and the winner is column 27 which I'm pretty certain is Colin Moran for back home in Meltown um, so that prize won't have to travel too far who's top of the pile there himself and Nina had been neck and neck for a while um, I've finished up just outside the Champions League places there in fifth I think I might get Thursday night football in the Europa for me and who's that just behind me there um, I'm going to be joining you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is indeed. So, no, it was great. No, thank, thanks for everyone for, for joining along. Well, we certainly had a bit of, bit of fun uh, with it. And congrats again to Colm. Um, and that voucher will be in the post or electronic mail, whatever the, the format is. So, um, thanks again for everyone for joining. Of course, while the hurling and football are over for the time being, um, the Premier League competition will still on, be ongoing. So, um, if that is your sport of kind it is there as well to play along um, and we do of course have the Kyle Duff fundraiser is still ongoing as well for their football team um, it feels like we're, we're kind of drawn a knot really in the year we've gone through the 
the victorious uh, Dublin team. We've kind of skimmed over the final. We've given out the, the winner. Do I predict? Let's just uh, wrap it up and put you both on the spot. Um, if I was anyway uh, organising, Paul loves this sort of stuff because if anyone that doesn't know, Paul Paul has about 20 copies of A4 copies in front of him there with notes that say he's watched the final back about five or six times now with the tactical cam on and off. Um, easy one, uh, easy one says I. F- football, football of the year? For me? Why not? Uh... I think it would be it's it's obviously a Dublin player. Uh personally it would be very hard to see past Kieran Kilkenny. Um I think he's uh, besides Brian Finton, he's the guy that makes that Dublin team tick. And not that they were ever in any serious trouble in any game this year, but any time they needed a guy to step up, even the last night, you know, as we spoke about earlier, the start of the game didn't quite happen for him. Uh, he's just got that supreme confidence um, to, to to block all that out, and you know when Dublin needed him the other night again, he was he was he was there. So for me, it would be Kilkenny, very consistent all year, um, uh, just a, a magical footballer, just strength, directness, great score taker. Um, he, I suppose, embodies everything about this great Dublin team. So for me, it'd be Kilkenny, yeah, Kieran Kilkenny. Yeah, it certainly seems to be the popular uh, choice as well. Paul, would you agree or are you going to pull one of your Cavanaugh lads out? Tommy Callan or uh, something like that, Leah? I was going to give it to, I'm not sure if, what is, I'm, not sure if I'm getting this right. Is it Mark Keane? Is that the lad that got the gold? <laughs> no, that's a low dig, no, that is a low dig. Coming out Christmas time, the Christmas spirit, eh? Hey? <laughs> Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, no, uh, like Kilkenny there, like I think it's it's hard to, he's been just so consistent every game. He's just popping up with two or three scores. He's linking the play. He's just running up and down. He's just, um, he's just an all-rounder really. And um, like it just, the, the way, as I said, like he can sense an opportunity. Like if he's, he gets the, he gathers the ball and he, he'd nearly just look at the defender in the eye and he go, I, I'm going to just make you go this way. And he just cuts in and just kicks it over or whatever. Like he, he just has a great presence uh, on the field. Um, I thought, let's say, Finton, uh, Finton was kind of the lad that I was thinking of before the match. But um, like in fair play, it's kind of uh, the Mayo midfield, they, they had a good day at the office there. So uh, I didn't think he was uh, as influential as other games. But uh, like I think Kilkenny just, um, he just seems like an all rounder there uh, just all year. So I, I can't disagree there with Sean. Yeah, and it's, I have to say, I'll keep mine brief as well. You can't disagree with that. Maybe a Colin earlier in the year was probably the more prominent of the two, per- perhaps. I know they kind of switched their roles back, back and forth. But Kikini, and just whenever, if there's even an, an element of doubt in the game, you feel like he's the guy to grab the game by the scruff of the neck. And he was class again in the final, as we've come to expect. Last one then before we let you go, your moment of the year. Um, Paul, I'll go to you first. Your favourite moment of the year, one moment sure. that comes, and you're not allowed to mention the goal because you've taken what five or six takes out of her already. If, if I knew, if I knew this was coming up, I would have <laughs> You're going to have to send on the questions before anyone. Oh, no, 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 this is it. It's more fun catching you, especially someone that's as studious as you. 
Uh, um, Asher, uh, mine would be probably like I don't think anyone would foreseen it, but it was probably Kevin winning the when the 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 Ulster final because I was backing them there all year. So um, <laughs> yeah, and just just uh, the way they went about it, like you know, and even like the the photos and the scenes after, like Galligan looked like he just out of World War Two, and uh, you know, like just. They'll be, you know, they'll be heroes there for not just this year, but for years to come. And um, I'd say that probably is my moment of the year when Kevin bet Donegal in the Ulster final. And you, Sean? Yeah, I'm going to go for a similar one, but down here instead, my moment of the year was when Tipperary beat Cork in oh, the uh, see, yeah, final. Yeah, see, you know where he's coming from this. Um, <laughs> I thought, no, look, in all honesty, you know, it was fantastic for Tipperary, for the Tipperary people, for Tipperary football. We all know what great hurlers they have. And for a long, long, long time, the footballers have lived in the shadow of, of, the, uh, of the hurlers. And I thought it was also very, very apt considering the, uh, the 100 year anniversary of Bloody Sunday um, that Tipperary uh, won that game and won it in the, in the jerseys that they were wearing as well on the day. I thought it was a lovely, lovely moment for them. And as I said, not that I'd know them, but there was a lot of those Tipperary guys who have soldiered a long time with the footballers and to see them get their day in the sun was just fantastic. The fact that it was Cork they beat made it all that little bit sweeter, I suppose. <laughs> very, very good. I have to say, you know, that was a great moment as well. For me, that was kind of, wasn't the biggest shock and I'm going to have to lean towards the Cavan one because I actually felt that Tiberia had, had a good chance. So, it, although, don't get me wrong, it's a huge achievement. The scenes were remarkable, um, particularly when the hurlers were knocked out the day before as well and everything came together on that. But it was the Cavan for me was kind of the one that really, really shocked you. Everybody was... I planned out how Dublin were going to line up or Donegal were going to line up against Donegal etc um, how that semi-final potential semi-final we didn't get to see it in the end but the Cavan scenes were just just remarkable and I'd probably have to lead to that I guess the other thing as well as the biggest moment for me is the collective moments of that we did have sport not in different hugely strange circumstances without crowds had an eerie feeling at time to games but the fact that we've had this for the last couple of months um, to have, to be on here every week talking about it and having ch chats back and forth has been has been a great light at the end of the tunnel really and we're certainly going to miss it now coming in I know Christmas will will distract it a bit but um, and hopefully it won't be too long before the new season starts up again with the new structure but as an overall you have to say there's been a huge colossal amount of work we can't even attempt to go near thanking everyone involved but you know yourself and your own clubs the amount of work that we've done just to get guys training never mind guys taking part in games and replicate that all, all over the country and I'll hold my hand up as well. I was initially thought it would have been it was irresponsible earlier in the year. I think I think I was saying having games like this when everything was going on, but it's been proved me completely wrong. Um, everything was was carried out in such a safe, a safe environment, and the measures I know for myself. I'm going to games in as well. The level of of detail required in the planning. So just from all across all the clubs, all the associations, everyone involved. Thank you very much because it has been a. It's a welcome distraction, we have to say. There's been a lot of doom, doom and gloom around, to, but to have that every week um, has been a great outlet for not just us, but I think the big um, sporting community in Ireland. But that's it, folks. Uh, Gaelic, the Gaelic football and hurling calendar for 2020 has gone. It's a year we'll never forget. It's, a, it's probably a sporting year we'll never forget. We'll definitely be talking about the, the Dublin six in a row for years to come. We'll probably be talking about Cavan. We'll probably be talking about Tipperary. 
Paul will probably still be t- talking about that goal, but there we go. Um, might be one <laughs> in thirty years. But um, firstly, before I go, I want to thank your yourself, uh, you Sean and Paul as well for for joining us here every week. It's been a pleasure having a bit of chit chat, and I hope everyone has enjoyed their dodgy jokes along the way as mo- half as much as we've enjoyed them. Uh, and Paul is relieved now. He doesn't have all that extra homework to do for next week. <laughs> but uh, joking aside, thanks very much, guys. Thanks to everybody who's played along and had some fun with us. Uh, thanks again to coffeestore.ie for sponsoring the prizes. We'll get in touch with both winners as well. And don't forget, if you do want to top up your coffee or tea collection, coffeestore.ie and put in the code PLAYERPREDICT on checkout and you'll get a 5% discount. But Merry Christmas, everyone. Stay safe. I uh, hope you enjoyed our rambles and hopefully we'll be back in 2021 to talk even more rubbish about hurling and football.